Put in those headphones and lace up those running shoes because you are listening to the fifth sign. This podcast is presented by Exercises Medicine UBC. Here are your hosts, Kyle Boyle and Reed Mitchell. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fifth sign presented by Exercises Medicine UBC. This is the podcast where we discuss exercise as a vital sign of health. And recently, we've also been talking about inclusion in our new series, Over the Counter. How are you, Melissa? Welcome back. I'm good, Kyle. How are you doing? I'm doing very well this morning. Uh, yeah, so I'm super excited. Uh, this is a podca- uh, podcast that I've been looking forward to talking to Derek Keefe, who's the co-chair, coach, co-founder, you name it, of the Rain City Ultimate Club here in Vancouver. Hey, Derek, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? Awesome. Uh, I'm good. So I basically, let's just tell us who you are. Derek, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, how you got involved, and uh, maybe your history with Ultimate Frisbee. Sure. Uh, so I uh, am actually an import here to Vancouver. Uh, I came here for school about eight years ago. And uh, ever since then, I've, I've always been kind of uh, a part of the ultimate scene here in Vancouver. Uh, my experience with Ultimate Frisbee actually started in middle school um, when we had it in gym class. Uh, and in gym class, I remember that I hated it because the only throw that I could throw was the thumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of the traditional throws. And for any of you that don't know what that is, the thumber, as it sounds, is a very bizarre throw. It's actually not really a viable throw. You don't ever really use it in Ultimate Frisbee, but uh, I couldn't throw any of the other throws, and that was the only one that I could do, Uh, and so I was kind of frustrated at Ultimate Frisbee, Uh, and then the high school team uh, saw that I liked throwing thumbers, and they're like, oh, he must be good, (laughs) so they asked me to join them, and long story short, uh, I ended up playing uh, some Ultimate Frisbee uh, through high school, and then when I came here, um, I actually started up a team that was called Thor's Hammer. Uh, with a bunch of my roommates, with a bunch of people that have uh, never played Ultimate Frisbee before. Uh, and for all four years of university, we played um, in the, the rec league at UBC, which was fantastic. Uh, and then I jumped into the VUL, uh, which is the fantastic Vancouver Ultimate League. Uh, amazing organization, uh, tons of teams, great people, great spirit. And uh, that's kind of where uh, I took a change from not knowing really what I was doing and coaching a team and bringing a team to kind of... Uh, from the beginnings all the way to four years later, actually having a quite decent team and a competitive team. Uh, and then the VUL kind of pushed me that that much further where I had to do all elements of the team, all elements of coaching and, and contribution in that. Um, from uh, all of that, a couple of uh, friends got together, uh, and this was in the middle of winter. Uh, and it was a, a bunch of friends from a wide variety of different LGBTQ sporting um, uh, places. And uh, it was, hey, does anyone want to throw a disc around? Um, there's no uh, LGBTQ plus uh, Ultimate Frisbee League uh, here in Vancouver. We should do something about that and we should maybe make a group or play some games or put a team in the VUL or something. And so in the middle of winter, I remember we went down to a field covered in snow and we played Ultimate. Um, and it was quite fun. And then from that kind of stemmed the starting of uh, RCUC, Rain City Ultimate Club. Awesome. Okay, so let's back up a little bit because I feel like we've got a lot to cover. Um, So why don't you tell me what is Ultimate Frisbee? Because I'm sure uh, listeners of the podcast might not know this is my uh, sport of choice and something (laughs) that I'm very obsessed with, but I know lots of other people, uh, including you, Kyle, maybe aren't super familiar with it. So can you tell us what Ultimate Frisbee is and how it's played? Sure. So Ultimate Frisbee uh, is a fantastic and wonderful sport. And I'll drop the adjectives just because everyone knows it's wonderful. Um, But it's a sport that's played with a disc. Uh, So this is a 
um, round object that you throw at each other, basically. Uh, and it's uh, a seven-on-seven seven or five-on-five five traditionally uh, format, uh, where you have seven people uh, playing seven people on a uh, kind of soccer-sized field. Uh, it has two end zones uh, on either side, and the objective of the sport uh, is to move the disc around the field uh, and ultimately catch the disc in the end zone. Uh, so it's kind of like a stationary football crossed with the running of soccer, if you will. Um, so that's kind of an easy way of, uh, of explaining it. Uh, and a lot of it has to do with the finesse of the sport. Um, all sports have finesse, but with Ultimate Frisbee, um, you're literally throwing a spinning disc. Uh, and so there's a lot of different throws. And as I was talking about earlier, the thumber, the backhand, the hammer, the scuba, the, the flick, there's all of these different throws that you kind of have to uh, add to your arsenal, your toolkit to use uh, when you're playing Ultimate Frisbee, because a lot of times different things on the field, different plays on the field will ask or call upon uh, a different skill set. Uh, so Ultimate Frisbee is all about moving the disc around on the field, uh, making sure it doesn't get intercepted or dropped by the other team, and successfully making it to the other side where you catch it, get a point, cheer crazily, and uh, continue play. Yeah, that's great. I always describe Ultimate as this weird combo of football, soccer, basketball, because uh, <laughs> it does have this switch back between offense and defense that soccer does, which makes it very fast and very uh, quick moving and lots of running. This end zone component that mm -hmm. makes it kind of like football, um, but then also some of the positioning of basketball. It's uh, I find if you have any experience in any other sport, you often pick up Ultimate quite quickly, uh, and then you just have to work on throwing, which is always <laughs> like our cardinal skill. Yeah, just uh, looking extremely calm complex game I honestly I don't think I'd be able to like jump out there and pick it up super easily I've seen it played all the time at UBC and on campus and it's it looks extremely complicated but also looks like a lot of fun um what I want to dive into just a little bit before we get into the specifics of of Rain City um what's your general thoughts on being active throughout life and besides ultimate what are some other activities you uh take part in Sure. Uh, so if you ask any of my friends, I'm kind of an energizer bunny. Uh, I do a little bit of everything. Um, I competed in martial arts growing up. So my, my main sports growing up were martial arts, uh, swimming, ultimate frisbee, lacrosse, um, and uh, just kind of a little bit of everything. I now do volleyball as well. Uh, I've added that to kind of the toolkit. Um, but uh, no, I've been, always been an extremely active person. Uh, I used to train martial arts five days a week, um, you know, two or three hours a day. So it was, it was quite intensive. Uh, Ultimate Frisbee's always been something that I've been doing. And um, for me, if I don't do an activity, if I'm not active, uh, I actually can't sleep well. Mm -hmm. um, and it actually becomes a physiological kind of manifestation of, um, hey, look, you need to do something with your body and you need to be active and uh, moving or biking. Uh, I bike everywhere now. I mean, Vancouver is a wonderful city in the sense that you can physically bike everywhere and even getting on the bike for 20 minutes and going to work or something. Um, just moving that little bit always helps. Uh, so for me, uh, exercise, whether that's biking or running or playing ultimate frisbee or going to the dojo or w whatever it may be, going to the gym, um, it's always been an extremely integral part of my life. Uh, I also was brought up in a family where, you know, sports were, were pretty big. Um, my mother still to this day, uh, is doing half marathons and marathons. And I, I think when she was pregnant with my older brother, she did a marathon. Oh, my <laughs> uh, and, uh, my dad played rugby and wrestled all through university yep. and now they're biking. And so, so activities are, are kind of what brought our family together as well. So not only is it that physical component, but that familial kind of, we're going out, we're playing volleyball, we're going to the beach and we're going to be active and hiking and whatever it is. So definitely exercise is a huge part on um, I mean, mentally, emotionally, physically, you name it. It's definitely got a big part in my life. Oh, I love it. That's really <laughs> great. Um, so before we 
uh, touched on Rain City Ultimate. I think there's a few aspects of Ultimate Frisbee that make it really uh, unique and I think that mm-hmm. set it aside from other sports leagues and maybe set it up to be especially interesting for an LGBTQ plus uh, organization. So can you touch on maybe what some of those uh, things might be? What makes Ultimate different from other sports? Totally. Uh, Ultimate Frisbee is a wonderful sport. And as you were saying, it's, it's quite funny when you think of like, oh, I didn't realize Ultimate was actually a, a sport. Like, mm-hmm. it's not just going to the beach and throwing a disc around. Yeah. Um, it, it is a, it's a rather simple game with a lot of complex components. Uh, as with many games, you can play it at any level. Uh, it can be a completely, like, kids play it, or you can have competitive adult scene. Uh, the whole world uh, kind of does play Ultimate at this point, too, which is pretty fantastic. Yeah, Worlds is actually coming up this weekend. Yeah. Uh, and there's representations from more than 40 countries happening at Worlds, which is going to be very cool. Where's it hosted? Uh, Ohio. I was going to say, yeah, in the States somewhere. Yeah, cool. I, I believe it's in Cincinnati. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. But it's a, it's a fantastic thing. I know that there's actually bids to put in the Olympics soon. Yeah. Oh, um, that'd so be fantastic. Moving, moving things forward um, uh, in a lot of different ways. Uh, so yeah, that's one of the, the misconceptions of Ultimate Frisbee. Uh, I guess before we jump into that, dispelling the myth that Ultimate Frisbee is kind of a stationary, throwing a disc, boring thing. Um, the most fun thing to do is to get friends that are quite athletic or playing sports and then to throw them out to, to play ultimate with us for a day. And then they're, the, the first comment they always say is, wow, I did not realize it was that much work. Um, because ultimate is a lot, a lot of running. Uh, my favorite form of ultimate is actually uh, fives, uh, which is more of a winter style. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little bit more like rugby where you actually never stop play. Um, the disc goes down, the disc goes up, the disc goes down. You sub on the fly like you do in hockey. It's, it's very, very, very quick. Uh, you know, you have to always be on your A game. Um, sevens is, is also the same way. It's just a little bit more... Um, methodological that word is completely bastardized but yes uh sevens is a little bit larger um and uh you can be a little bit more methodical that's the word there you go (laughs) wow uh early in the morning uh and uh it's pretty it's pretty amazing um but the, the elements of of ultimate frisbee that i think are unique in a lot of respects one of the things is that um most ultimate frisbee leagues are actually co-ed uh they're they're anyone and everyone is included and um that's one of the very interesting things, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later, the idea of having this kind of co-ed element where you have uh, everyone on the field working together, regardless of gender or, or um, coming out there just to kind of play the sport, um, which is unique. And in, in most other sports, you have a, a female matching league or a male matching league. And um, those words, again, we'll, we'll probably get into those male matching, female matching versus male and female and things like that, which is uh, one of the beautiful elements of, of Ultimate Frisbee. Um the other thing that's actually the the heart of Ultimate Frisbee is really, uh, it's called Spirit of the Game. Uh, and Spirit of the Game is a uh, unique thing. I haven't actually found it in anything else except for potentially martial arts, uh, which is a really interesting kind of um, combination of the two or, or connection between the two. Um, Spirit of the Game is this idea that um, Ultimate Frisbee is all about sportsmanship, but it's not just sportsmanship. It's this idea of camaraderie and bringing people together. Uh, it's respect and honoring yourself, your opponents, your teammates, uh, in this way that's u- unique to Ultimate. Uh, there are no referees in Ultimate. It's a self-refereed game. Um, the entire style of Ultimate Frisbee is based on, you know, the, the calls of the players and the people that are out on the field um, making those decisions. And, and that emphasis on, is on the idea of being truthful and honorable and respecting your opponents, um, which is really, really fantastic and something that we really need in sports. Um, Ultimate Frisbee is... Uh, one of the most beautiful sports, in my opinion, because you don't have that aggression that often can come from us versus them. 
uh, Ultimate Frisbee is all about together. Um, at the end of Ultimate Frisbee, at the end of almost every single game, there's always what's called the spirit game. Uh, and the spirit game is kind of the, the wrap it up, um, final maybe 10 minute uh, little game that you play with them. And often they're quite ridiculous. They're like the drama games that you played in you know, middle school or, or high school or whatever, where you all sit in a circle and you do something ridiculous and there's jumping around and laughing. And that to me is the beauty of Ultimate um, and the idea that it brings these people together. You're playing against these opponents, but they're not really your opponents. You're kind of playing together, um, which is a really, really unique thing and, and the heart of, of Ultimate Frisbee. And that idea of bringing people into the fold and, and working together with people, that's the perfect kind of connection when we talk about inclusion, when we talk about uh, LGBTQ plus in sports um, and the idea of accepting people for who they are. Uh, Spirit of the Game works directly with that. Um, the idea of honoring your opponent, honoring someone who is different than you, honoring someone who's coming from a different background, who's coming from a different um, sexual orientation or gender identity or socioeconomic status or whatever it is, you're really respecting them as, a, as an individual uh, and just having fun with them. I, I'm actually speechless right now. That um, I actually didn't know those a lot of those specifics about Ultimate, and, I, and I'm sitting here listening to you speak and thinking, not just in sports, this is something we need in society in mm -hmm. general. Um, I'm actually speechless right now. I'm going to throw to you, Melissa. <laughs> you, you take it away, please. Yeah, no, and I love the way you put that, Derek, because I... The, this is the reason why I love this sport, and this is the reason why I play it several times a week, mm -hmm. year-round, uh, is because it's uh, absolutely... I've met some of my best friends through this sport. I feel like uh, it Ultimate Frisbee draws people who want to connect with other people, who want to be inclusive, who want to be um, part of this bigger community. And I, uh, and I think it's really great because I get lots of questions about, well, how can you be, is it really, you know, competitive? Is it really hardcore? And yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, but that this spirit of the game, this lack of referees, goes up to the national level. You know, I was, mm -hmm. uh, I just spent last weekend watching a streamed game from a final, uh, from the women's nationals from tw 2016 that went down to, you know, both teams were tied last game scores and everybody is playing competitively. Everybody wants to win. This is a very big deal in ultimate. And yet, you know, a, a foul call is made by a player and they have a brief discussion and the player realizes, oh, actually that was a mistake. I didn't, you know, that wasn't a foul. I take my call back. And like, mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's a big decision to make mm -hmm. in a heated moment on a field, but it's the desire to be fair, the desire to uh, maintain that spirit of the game is paramount in our mm -hmm. sport. And I really love that. And it just seems to hold the the idea of the integrity of sport. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now, obviously, what's going on in the World Cup, <laughs> a lot of diving, a lot of, yeah. you know, trying to get calls. <laughs> and it just seems, I mean, I've never played Ultimate myself, but hearing you guys speak about it, it I, I love what I'm hearing. It, it's, it's making me want to go out there and go on the field and, and try and throw a disc. Mm -hmm. um, it, it sounds amazing. Um, I'm a big believer on the idea of uh, anyone can play. If you can play, you can play. Um, it, it's an organization if you can play, and it's, it's a phrase they have kind of coined, so I'm sure you guys have heard it before. And I love how it's a lot. there's a lot of organizations now who, who are big believers in that. So how about we dive into the organization you're a part of right now, Rain City Ultimate Club. Sure. Um, so what, why do you guys exist? What is your mission besides going out and having a good time uh, on the field? <laughs> why are we here? That's a <laughs> really metaphysical question. Uh, so Rain City Ultimate Club... Um, was a addition to um, the plethora of other leagues that exist in Vancouver that are LGBTQ uh, plus and allies kind of focused. Uh, and we, we kind of exist in a very 
uh, interesting place. Uh, so there are quite a few uh, LGBTQ ultimate, or sorry, LGBTQ uh, plus leagues in Vancouver. Uh, there's WESA, which is a softball league. There's Out for Kicks, which is a soccer league. There's uh, VGEVA, which is the, the Vancouver Gay Volleyball Association. There's uh, Dodgeball. So there's, there's a bunch of sports that exist there. Um, and they're wonderful and inclusive, and, and it's been wonderful to kind of put our name with them and, and become a part of their community. Um, but also becoming a part of the community that is that is the VUL and the Ultimate Frisbee kind of community at large uh, is really a beautiful fit. So um, many of the the co or the, the founders or the co-founders, the original people that that were on uh, the board for Rain City Ultimate Club, and really were the people that started the club. Um, we were in the VUL. We were up, you know here and there, if you will. Uh, many of us were also, as I said, in other uh, LGBTQ plus um, sporting leagues. So we were kind of part of the community, but there wasn't really anything that fit for Ultimate. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, Ultimate Frisbee, it's, it's very funny going to a tournament or something like that, because you really never know what someone's gender identity or sexual orientation or anything is. People are on the field in all kinds of crazy costumes and get-ups and whatever, and it's it's just like, wow, there's just a rainbow of everything. And yep. more often than not, it's just, you know, a bunch of straight people having a great time with a bunch of LGBTQ plus people. And it's it's a beautiful, beautiful experience, which can be quite confusing at times, but also <laughs> quite beautiful. Uh, and so there definitely is a, a fit between those two. Um, and we knew that we wanted to have a, a presence in the VUL, the Vancouver Ultimate League. Um, and it was one of those things that we wanted to have... We wanted to have our own community that existed, that we could connect with other LGBTQ plus um, Ultimate Frisbee leagues around the world, um, which we actually have uh, now, which is fantastic. And we wanted to build those connections between the cities, but also stand apart from many of them. Um, one of the things in the LGBTQ plus community is that a lot of times there's a focus on the G. Um, a lot of the leagues are just gay leagues or focused on, on the male matching and the male component of them. And one of the things that we wanted to be was we wanted to be all-encompassing and all-inclusive, just like Ultimate Frisbee is. That idea of you have male matching and female matching. And I guess tangenting quickly, uh, one of the beautiful things at the VUL, um, who's really at the forefront of, of kind of pushing the boundaries of, okay, what is acceptable by society and how can we make inclusion and, and uh, support everyone uh, to the best of our ability? And, and the VUL is really, really pushing forward uh, across the world, actually. Um, which is beautiful to be a part of, of them and, and to, to work with them. Um, but one of the things that they focus on is male matching and female matching. You don't say, uh, you know, we men on the field, women on the field. It's the, the people that are matching those genders just because uh, you do need to have a ratio and, and things like that, at least in this day and age. Um, and in the future, there's, there's great things that are uh, coming up that will hopefully, um, you know, push that even further. Um, but um, it's a really, really beautiful part of the community that we can... Uh, become a part of something that already is inclusive uh, and wants us to exist. Uh, and that was the kind of feeling that we had when we started to think about, okay, well, why do we need Rain City? And it was, A, so that um, we had an, a way of, of speaking out and, and showing ourselves to the, the Vancouver Ultimate community as well as uh, to the LGBTQ uh, plus community. Um, so we kind of, we act as these um, ambassadors, if you will, for both communities to each other, um, both within Vancouver as well as abroad. Uh, we just were in a tournament in Seattle, uh, which was Sunbreak, which is a fantastic Ultimate Frisbee tournament. Um, made a lot of great friends there. Um, and, and just kind of getting that name out of, we have a league here in Vancouver that represents the LGBTQ plus community. Um, so it's, it's great to act as kind of ambassadors in that. 
Uh, and the other thing is that it just it offers people who want um, who want to have a sport who may be uh, somewhere on the spectrum and whether they're an ally or whether they're uh, in the the LGBTQ plus you know domain whatever they are, RCUC uh, Rain City Ultimate Club invites them to come out and and wants them to be a part of of who we are. Um, the beautiful thing and, and the way that we formed uh, RCUC was the idea of everyone is invited. You don't have to be gay. You don't have to be trans. You don't have to be whatever. It's like, come as you are, and we're going to love you for that, and you're going to learn to throw a flick and a hammer, maybe, um, if you want to. <laughs> so it really was to, to fill this this void in, in Vancouver at large and, and also to be kind of uh, maybe at the forefront of pushing the sports leagues to be inclusive. Um, it can be difficult and intimidating to join a sports league. Uh, I know that when I came out here in Vancouver... Um, in university, one of the first things I looked towards was sports. Uh, and that was something that I tried to get involved in. Um, and uh, I joined the VGVA, which was fantastic. And I kind of teased out all these different areas. Um, and uh, we added Rain City Ultimate Club to those options because Ultimate fits so well with figuring out who you are and being who you are and allowing yourself to grow uh, and become the person that that you need to be. Um, while also being supported by all these beautiful and wonderful people. This is really great. Um, so you've touched on male matching and, and female matching a little bit. And so uh, maybe just to, to clarify what this means uh, for people. So ultimate is typically played uh, with a particular ratio of um, what's been traditionally called men and women on the field. Uh, so often ratios are, you know, four men and three women on the field. And so in a way, uh, in order to be inclusive, I know the VUL, uh, who I'm hoping we can do uh, another podcast with uh, in the future, uh, has partnered with Community uh, to come up with ways to make that language more inclusive. And so instead of saying, uh, I'm a woman, and so I play against other women, it's, um, I'm someone who identifies as female, and so I'm going to play against someone who chooses to play against women. Uh, and so I, it's that uh, matching, and so it just leaves room for... Uh, people all along the gender spectrum who can say, okay, uh, I'm, you know, transitioning and so I'm going to choose to match against women because that's uh, how I identify, uh, even though, you know, my birth certificate or whatever might say something different or uh, someone who's non-binary can choose to match against whatever uh, they feel is appropriate for them. And it just kind of lets people make that decision themselves. And because we have spirit of the game, we know that people aren't going to do that uh, just for a competitive advantage. It's mm -hmm. not being done as a way to say, oh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be faster than the women, so I'm going <laughs> to match against a woman. It's uh, in order for people to self-identify in a way that makes them most comfortable. Uh, and then let's, uh, and then because of that spirit of the game aspect of it, we know that it's uh, used in a positive way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you have anything that you want to add to that. Totally. I mean, it's, and, and this is something that I was going to talk about a little bit earlier with the spirit of the game. That whole idea of, you're, you're respecting and you're honoring who you are completely. Um, it's a humility uh, that is kind of required of the sport. Um, I know that uh, I'm a very optimistic person. I have always been, uh, you know, talk to my father and we have very different perspectives maybe sometimes on the world. Um, but Ultimate Frisbee kind of makes you optimistic. Ultimate, Ultimate Frisbee is that sport that you watch that makes you smile and say, if the rest of the world were like this, we would be a better place. And... Um, that idea of respecting players enough to be able to say, hey, look, you call the shots. 
you decide who you match, you decide how you're playing and, and things like that. And to know that the other team is going to respect that and honor that and, and not manipulate that in any way, shape or form is really, really beautiful. And I mean, you think about sports, you think about the complexity of of the Olympics and how many rings you have to shoot through to get different things. It's, it's, if you just let people be people and give them a platform to excel and, and give them a platform to be themselves, they're not going to abuse the system. Uh, and again, that's that optimist in me speaking, but it's because of seeing ultimate Frisbee and seeing people time and time again, you know, Hey, you just completely like ran into me on the field and the person turning around saying, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like that was totally a foul. I apologize. You know, you don't see that in any other sport. Usually there's a bird that's flipped and some yelling and screaming. Um, not to say that people don't get heated in ultimate, but there's a beautiful, uh, part of ultimate Frisbee where you can just take a moment and say, look, spirit of the game, let's, let's calm it down. We're all people having fun playing a sport. Yes. It's competitive. Yes. It's, you know, you can get heated and things like that, but there's a beauty that you can say, you know what, we're all people at the end of the day, which I think is unique to ultimate. And, and that speaks again to that, you know, non-binary and, and inclusivity that we have uh, in the sport. Yeah, and I, I think it's a it's a process that's ongoing. We're definitely growing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, this this male matching female matching language is still relatively new to mm-hmm. BUL. I know I recently implemented it in our much smaller Maple Ridge Ultimate Frisbee League, <laughs> uh, and uh, we're working on it. And I know that um, USA Ultimate still has some work to do in terms mm-hmm. of how they're uh, being inclusive of trans athletes. Uh, and so it's definitely, I, I don't think we want to say that Ultimate is perfect, no. but we we have these ideals and we are holding our players up to them and hoping that we can meet this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's just that higher expectation. I, li- I like to say that I hold Ultimate Frisbee players to a higher standard in terms of right. equity and inclusion because of our sport and because of how this is played. But I think it's, yeah, it's still an ongoing process. And so just acknowledging that uh, there are not every single ultimate play per- player is always going to feel included, unfortunately. And I think ultimate also has a long ways to go in terms of um, race and socioeconomic status uh, and these other factors that tend to uh, also impact player uh, environment and uh, how they enjoy the sport. But we do have hope for where our sport can grow. Totally. And, and that kind of... Uh, hits the point of ultimate frisbee is a young sport it's still trying to figure out what exactly it is and that makes it malleable uh you know many sports have been around for thousands of years in some respects okay maybe not thousands but hundreds of years Uh, ultimate frisbee is you know relatively young um you know only like probably less than 100 years old um i think it was a bunch of people in new york that were throwing pie tins in university that started the sport in like the 1960s and yeah Yeah. so (laughs) you know 50 years ago or whatever um so it, it, it's beautiful because it has that malleability still of figuring out what it is. And it can be at the front end of sports and, and say, this is what we can strive towards because we can kind of still figure out who we are, um, which, is, which is really, really uh, quite awesome. Um, the other thing that I wanted to just mention as we were talking about the, the kind of female matching, male matching, and one of the other things that uh, you hear a lot in sports, uh, a lot of times you'll hear man on or uh, man defense or something like that. And it's, it's very kind of, gendered uh, associated with that. And um, one of the beautiful things about Ultimate Frisbee as an LGBTQ plus presence in the VUL and um, as the VUL is very progressive, I mean, you often will come across teams that still use that kind of language. Um, and it's not maliciously intended or anything. It's just, that's just the language that was used, right? Um, and often it's as easy as saying, uh, when you go to man defense, just saying, hey, let's go to person defense instead. And it's like, oh, of course we'll say person defense. We have uh, female matching people on our team. And so it's this beautiful kind of thing where you 
you can affect change in people through the sport just by something as simple as like that that gender pronoun that you used we can make that neutral and be all inclusive we've thrown around a lot of acronyms around lgbtq plus <laughs> and so can you maybe just tell us what does that mean uh if someone's listening to the podcast and maybe they don't know what this these acronyms are that we've been throwing around sure. maybe give that bit of information as well so uh lgbtq plus uh is basically uh, i like to call it the alphabet soup um it used to be lgbtq it used to be lgb it used to, it used to, like it's changed a lot um we at rcuc rain city ultimate club we've kind of landed on lgbtq plus and what that means is it's a combination of lesbian gay bi uh transgendered queer two-spirited and plus everything else um so that plus kind of makes it a, a nice thing because it does you don't have to tack on more letters you can be a part of it um uh, and identify as a part of that. And, and what that is, is it's it's the community that um, is represented not by the, you know, cis, cis male or female uh, straight community that exists. Um, that also can be completely invited and, and you can be a plus. Uh, if you are straight, cis male, white male from Vancouver, uh, you're totally welcome uh, to be a part of these this alphabet soup that we have. Uh, but basically it's this inclusive community that includes uh, all different uh, sexual orientations, gender identities, um, uh, things of that nature. Um, so it's this community that exists um, that, and not to get to a serious dark point, um, right now is going through a bit of, of turmoil in the world um, in a lot of different places. Uh, you know, Canada is wonderful in so many different ways, and Vancouver especially, with the inclusivity and with being present uh, with... Uh, having kind of a pulse on these issues. Um, Vancouver is a place that I think at large you can feel safe being something other than um, the majority, if you will. Um, but there's a lot of places in the world where you can't be uh, any one of those letters of alphabet soup. Um, and that's a problem. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of, uh, I guess, wrapping in what that alphabet soup acronym is. <laughs> And being part of this community yourself, I know you said Vancouver is sort of um, progressing in a, in a positive way, but I know you're, you're not from Vancouver. Um, mm -hmm. Have you felt um, barriers to playing sports or, or being in recreations or on teams or something like that because you're a part of that community? Um, here in Vancouver, not so much. Um, in martial arts, uh, which is one of the other kind of side tangents in terms of sporting communities that I know very well, uh, and in volleyball... Um, not really. Uh, Vancouver is kind of one of those beautiful areas that no one really cares. Um, it's like, oh, you're gay. Great. No, <laughs> can we go back to playing, please? <laughs> like, why does it matter? Why does it make a difference? Um, I know that, and 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 when I say that, you know, I can laugh about that because I personally have never had any um, uh, issues, and I have been extremely fortunate in that. Uh, I know that many of uh, my compatriots in the community have had situations and and not felt included. Um, it is a spectrum. Uh, I have had a loving family who has supported me, uh, friends that care and love about like everything that I do. I, you know, I have been very, very fortunate in my life. Um, I know that there are some other friends and, and people in RCUC that have had uh, RCUC kind of as a grounding force where they could say, hey, you know, I am trans or hey, I am a little queer and I can't say that at home uh, for whatever reason. So uh, in other sporting places, 
Certainly. Um, I know that there are um, a couple of leagues. I mean, rugby is completely happy and loving and inclusive. It tends to be. Um, but there are some other places. I know some friends that were playing hockey um, who found the um, the LGBTQ or the, the, gay, uh, the gay hockey league uh, to be kind of this really awesome find for them because um, they weren't feeling like they were included or, or could be a part of that community um, that didn't have the alphabet soup before it. Uh, so there are some places where people can, can have issues. But like I said, here in Vancouver, at least in my experience, it's been uh, a lot better uh, than what you hear. On the radio and in, in the news and stuff, oh yeah, there's a lot of major issues. And um, one of the things that's been really beautiful in, the, in these past couple of years, um, you know, seeing queer people at the Olympics and having them to, able to say, hey, I'm queer and I represent you know, the United States, but I also represent this community that you may have heard about and you may not know a lot about, um, except that we're crazy and, and loud sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, to be able to say I'm out and I'm proud and, and this is who I am, I think that's a relatively new thing. And I think a lot of people are still not able to do that around the world. So props to Vancouver for, for having this beautiful place. And again, it's not perfect, just like Ultimate. It's progressive, but it's not perfect. Um, but it is definitely one of the better places on this planet to be, uh, in the alphabet soup category. I realize that I keep saying that alphabet soup category. I, I really like that kind of. Like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, and so what kind of particular challenges might, um, ultimate represent for people who are LGBTQ plus and they just, uh, if they were to just walk up to any ultimate Frisbee league, I think. Uh, we've talked a bit about this kind of fixed ratio mm-hmm. thing. And then what are kind of particular areas of opportunity for other leagues that haven't quite caught up to where the VUL is yet or are trying to move even beyond where the VUL is? Totally. Um, in terms of, I mean, again, the VUL is amazing and wonderful. Um, I think if an LGBTQ plus individual were to approach someone in the VUL, there are so many beautiful people there. And ultimate, not not just the VUL, but ultimate Frisbee. There's just so many beautiful people that are so amazing uh, as human beings. Like, remove the athlete from it, and they're just good people. Um, so I, I may be a little bit biased in saying this, but I think the LGBTQ plus alphabet soup community is quite safe in ultimate Frisbee. Yeah, um, I've, uh, I've picked up with random teams all over the world. I've played ultimate in Italy. Uh, in the States, and I've uh, played with ultimate players from Germany, Bahrain, uh, Lithuania, like all sorts of places, and everyone I've ever met in the ultimate community um, is it, yeah, I just, I feel like mm-hmm. a warm, kind-hearted person. Oh, yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, we're super biased, and we think that <laughs> everyone that plays ultimate is wonderful. Well, at the same time, it's a game <laughs> that seems to be built around like the structure of the game is built around this inclusion and Mm -hmm. not a lot of other sports are like that i mean you look at some of the major sports quote unquote hockey basketball um football things like that there's not a lot of individuals that are uh open about who they are and maybe what communities they belong to and what do you guys think like what can other sports maybe take from ultimate to kind of get to that more inclusive, um, I guess, inclusive environment. The number one, or one of the number one takeaways from Ultimate Frisbee is definitely that spirit of the game. Um, a lot of other sports talk about sportsmanship, but I think the sportsmanship is often lost or, or it's uh, submissive to the bigger competitive win-win-win. 
that exists in Ultimate Frisbee. There are some teams that you go against and they're like, oh, you came to play. You came to slay. <laughs> like, I'm going to have to have my A game on. There's no there's no running away from this. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, and, and this is the beauty of Ultimate, the heart of Ultimate Frisbee is that spirit of the game. If that can make its way into other leagues, if the idea of uh, playing a spirit game after, that's, I think, one of the... One of the icebreakers, if you will, uh, at the end of the game. Again, a spirit game is a its a little fun game that you play that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Ultimate Frisbee, but you're moving around, you're laughing with the other team, you're often doing something very silly, um, and it just kind of breaks that barrier of team versus team. So any activity that you can do where you break that down, where you where you stand next to the other team and you're, you're mingling with that other team, that really is integral. Um, you know, in, in an ideal world, in my opinion the referee situation, you know, sometimes, yes, it's necessary to have a referee. Um, oftentimes it is difficult to see what's happening. Ultimate Frisbee, one of the beautiful things about it is that there's not a lot of moving parts. Uh, it's a bunch of people with cleats running around with a disc. You know, there's only so much you can watch. You don't have to be watching 18 million things simultaneously to check to see if everyone's in check. You know, the play usually happens around a central point. Um, so something like hockey, where there's a lot of things happening at once, where you need four different sets of eyes just to say, uh, okay, did that guy check that? Like, what happened there? Um, or did that person check that person? So there, there's there's a need for referees, and I understand that. But seeing seeing players self-referee or, or um, internalize what they see happening and taking initiative to say, hey, look, I fouled, my bad. Uh, I'm sorry about that. You know, let's... Let's go back. You get the puck, you get the ball, you get the disc, whatever it is. Let's reset that point and, and try it again. I would love to see that happening as well. Any element of that spirit of the game uh, really needs to be involved in people's lives. Yeah, and, and yeah, people often wonder, well, how can you play a sport that has no referees? And I like to say, well, there's actually kind of 14 referees on the field, <laughs> right? Because every individual person can call um, you know, a foul when it happens or a, a violation of some kind. And it's and it's perfectly common that people disagree. And this is mm-hmm. the thing, right? Where, you know, you hit my hand as I'm releasing the disc. No, I didn't. Uh, and, you know, the person is allowed to say, no, I think I hit you after the disc had already left your hand. I don't think it impacted the throw. I think you just threw a bad throw. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, maybe your, maybe your ego should, you know, think about that for a second. Um, and so I'm allowed to say, you know, I call this foul. You contest it. Uh, and then there's, you know, I, basically I get to do the throw again. And it's, you know, there or... Uh, if you say, oh, yeah, no, I totally hit your hand. And then that pass, you know, continues on as if it was mm-hmm. um, completed. And so these, you know, there's all these, it does start to get a bit complicated in terms of these rules, but it's basically there are these systems in play so that whether we agree or disagree, there's a solution to be found in terms of how the play continues. And then you keep going and it's, you know, it shrugged off and you keep going and it's mm-hmm. not, oh, you fouled me, so I'm totally going to get you back and I'm going to foul you back later. Like, that's just not... Um, an attitude that ultimate players tend to have. And I think that that's um, really great because, yeah, I find it so crazy when I'm uh, watching a hockey game or something and they go, oh, yeah, there's this rivalry over here yeah. where they're totally going to fight because of what... And I, I just find that so ridiculous. Yeah. Two, um, two quick little anecdotes that have to do with that. Uh, sorry, um, they just came to mind and I know I'll forget about them. One of them is that I, we were playing a game uh, a couple of weeks ago and there was a little bit of, I mean, two larger people were kind of bumping into each other on the field a bunch and there definitely were kind of emotions and things like that as someone who's getting checked kind of would feel and I remember the the point ended the the two players came off the field and one of the 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 players came over you know our player and he was just kind of like ah I 
just got a bunch of fouled on me. I don't know what to like kind of in that state of you could see it. Oh, that guy's out to get me. Uh, and that guy came over and said, Hey, look, I'm sorry. I was checking you. Like I, I didn't realize our body space was really close, whatever. I'm, I'm sorry. I contacted you, um, and shook his hand. And it was just this beautiful, like how often in hockey do you ever get someone saying like, sorry, I checked you into the boards and made you do a backflip and broke your neck. Like you don't really get that kind of, um, sincerity on the sideline where you then have the opportunity to say, Oh yeah, it's okay. Let's, you know, next time let's just, you know, be a little more, more conscientious. The other uh, anecdote that I have that has to do with kind of the beauty of Ultimate is um, one of, and someone you know, Shauna, um, who's uh, one of the, the board members at Rain City Ultimate Club. Uh, she's a part of a Facebook group of, of female matching Ultimate Frisbee people in Vancouver. Yep, um, part of that group as well. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's an, yeah. There's, the beautiful, there's beautiful groups that exist from Ultimate, but again, another side tangent. Um, but there was someone that was coming from uh, Korea that needed a place to stay. Uh, and they were staying in Vancouver for, I think, three days. And they just posted on this female matching Ultimate Frisbee page from Vancouver, hey, can I crash on someone's couch? And it was just like, of course you can. I don't know who you are. I don't never met you. I've never seen you. You're from the other side of the world. But of course you can stay on my couch. You're an Ultimate Frisbee person, like your family. Uh, and that's kind of one of the other beautiful things about Ultimate Frisbee. You go anywhere in the world. You say you play Ultimate. You throw a disc with them. They're going to be your friend. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm feeling so... Warm-hearted. <laughs> about this every, every time we do these over-the-counter episodes, I'm like, just so warm and fuzzy. And it's <laughs> like, you can just go on and on for hours and hours on end. Yeah. Um, so where where are some areas that Ultimate Frisbee could improve? Where are some areas that Ultimate could be more inclusive? Um, I think we still have a ways to go in mm-hmm. terms of trans inclusion, in terms of non-binary inclusion. Um, I agree with you that I've never um, personally... Uh, had a story from someone who identifies as gay or lesbian who's been like, oh yeah, I didn't, um, you know, I had a problem, but I'm sure it exists in other places. Yeah. But I do think that um, particularly when you don't fit into this gender binary, it can be a little bit complicated to play what's traditionally been called a co-ed sport. I think more often people are trying to call it a mixed sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so where where do we need to grow? And yeah, that's that's kind of the, you hit it right on the, the head in a lot of respects. Um, We've come a long way, and the male matching, female matching is a great start to things. Um, our CUC, when we have our practices and we, when we do our tournaments, we do, uh, you know, it's gender blind. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a team of people, regardless of their their spectrum and where they exist on the, the spectrum of, of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realize that there are um, difficulties with that uh, and having at a very high competitive uh, level not having uh, in a mixed league certain uh, ratios uh, for matching players uh, is difficult. Um, but I'm almost of the opinion that it would figure itself out. Uh, if you said, okay, what skill level? Rank yourself from 1 to 10, and then you figure out, okay, the 8s, 9s, and 10s are playing in a league, the 6s, 7s are in a league, whatever. I think you would have wonderful play at a very high level um, that's blind. That's gender blind, if you will. Um, so in, in my opinion, that's that's one of the areas that, you know, to have uh, trans inclusion and non-binary inclusion and, and things like that, um, to make it truly, you know, we don't actually care what your gender is. Um, just come and play um, would be wonderful. And, and again, it's a difficult thing and it's a difficult area to navigate. Um, one of the things with Ultimate being so young and as I said earlier, it, it being so malleable it's trying to figure out what the best path is and setting this path 
for the future and for the future of sports in general. Um, and, you know, opening up the can of worms of being gender blind or opening up the can of worms of having no referees, you know, having no referees, check. Awesome. We can do it. It works. It's sustainable. Players will be, uh, you know, respectful and, and figure it out. Um, I think this, the, the gender inclusion, uh, part is something that we can work on, but it, it's, it's a challenging area, um, because you're juggling a lot of different things. Uh, as I said, in the RCUC, we don't have um, gender matching at all, um, and it works wonderfully. You know, we have a great time. Uh, we have a tournament that's coming up that's that's just a hat tournament. Come out, have fun, and uh, it's, it's gender blind. Um, so I do think that there are some ways that we can move in that direction. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, other than that, Ultimate, again, Ultimate's not perfect, but it is doing a lot of things great uh, and it's doing a lot of things in a way that is self-reflective uh, ultimate frisbee looks at itself and it looks at itself in the mirror and it has an honest approach to say okay what can i do better um how can and i'm imagining a disc right now looking in the mirror um how can we make this sport better for the players that are doing it the community at large and for the world um and i think it's it's really doing a beautiful job of that very cool. Yeah, and I know um, Jenna Weiner, who's a uh, one of my <laughs> Twitter follows, who I'm a, a big uh, fan of, is a trans player from the U.S. And she she often suggests this three three one ratio, where three male identifying players, three female, and then one that's just open to whatever. And so if you have a trans athlete on your team, they can fill that spot. Or if you have someone who's non-binary, they can fill that spot. Or if you don't, then just anybody. Uh, can fill it. I think that that's also an option. So I think there's lots of ways that we mm -hmm. can go. There's lots of discussion about the best path forward. And yeah, maybe, you know, is gender identity the most important way to match up on scale? I've definitely, you know, I've seen a lot of women burn a lot of men on, <laughs> on the ultimate field. And oh yeah, so, I've been burned know, <laughs> yeah, many and a time. So it's not just, you know, maybe height and skill level and mm -hmm. speed are more important factors than uh, your gender identity. I think we often default to gender just because that's the most uh, obvious thing mm -hmm. and it makes kind of registration easy and, yeah. and stuff like that. But I think the easy path isn't always the best. And it's so also the traditional. And yeah. that's that's one of the things that Ultimate is great at breaking. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have to because we don't have this massive history necessarily. We don't have to adhere to these kind of sometimes backwards traditions. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, going to your question again, I think the most beautiful thing about Ultimate um, and, and the place that it's going is that we're having these dialogues at all. Uh, you know, the most beautiful thing is that Ultimate is, and, and the community is having the dialogue, oh, well, why don't we do a 331? Oh, why don't we do gender blind? Why don't we do this and this? The fact that those conversations are even happening at a national level is insane. Uh, I can't think of another sport that that would even conceive of happening at. You know, a, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a female it's not even a female matching it's just a female soccer league and the male soccer league is on tuesdays like mm -hmm. pick one um the idea that ultimate frisbee is actually having this conversation to me is you know that's what brings the smile to my face it's not that the solution is in there somewhere and it might be in there it might not be um but the fact that it's able to have that conversation in a in a positive and respectful way um is great uh, i went to the coaching conference last year that the VUL puts on, and there was a beautiful um, dialogue uh, that happened uh, for one of the sessions that was basically, it was just like a listening session um, where people got to say, this is my experience in 
this community or this is my experience being of this uh, racial background or ethnicity or whatever. And it was a beautiful conversation uh, where everyone brought something to the table. And the, the coolest thing was looking around at the people, everyone was actually listening. Um, and it was, it was uh, really a, a fantastic sensation of seeing people from all over, you know, uh, I guess this one specifically, uh, the Pacific Northwest, but people listening to each other that we don't often see in the community at large. Uh, kind of one last question before we wrap up. Why is it important for uh, leagues to be inclusive of LGBTQ plus individuals? And what can sports leagues that aren't ultimate, that aren't willing to totally get rid of all their referees and uh, <laughs> switch to a, a mixed format? You know, what can uh, your average soccer or hockey league do to be more inclusive of LGBTQ plus people? Um, a lot of things in, in that, uh, the number one thing is just letting people be people. Um, I think sports need to be inclusive, um, not only for the alphabet soup community, but for their own people. Um, you know, no one is this cookie cutter of a person. Everyone's got their own eccentricities and beautiful characteristics that make them unique. Um, so not only for the alphabet soup community, do people need to be open-minded and respectful, but for everything. Um, so, uh, in terms of physical ways to make it possible, um, or, or to, I guess, to be more inviting, um, one of the main things is being able to break, um, the traditions of, of maybe some of the language that you have or, or, you know, man on th those kinds of things, uh, can often be intimidating. The other thing is also showing vulnerability. Um, one of the frustrating dichotomies uh, in sports a lot of the times is the fact that you can't be a good athlete and be sensitive um, or you can't be a good athlete and be emotional um, and I think that's kind of an ironic statement because at the low levels you can't cry you can't show emotions you can't do anything and but at the high levels you see players you know we win the Stanley Cup you're crying <laughs> I mean I think anyone would be uh, at that point um, and so I, I think one of the other things that sports need to kind of look at themselves and say is you know what, being vulnerable is actually beautiful and and natural. Um, and sports need to be more vulnerable. Um, and so just by being vulnerable, you're gonna allow people to see the beauty that's inside of you and who you are as a sport, as an athlete. And that's going to be inviting to the Alphabet Soup community as well as to your own community. All right, I hear that bell coming in, so it's time for the final lap. This is the final lap. All right, it's time for the final lap where we take one final lap around the table and get everyone's final thoughts. So if it's okay with you guys, I'll go first here. Sure. Yeah. Perfect. All right, so I'm never serious in these. So we have to hit the hard-hitting stuff now. What is the best costume you've seen on the Ultimate Field? <laughs> uh, wow. Um, there are so many. One that comes to mind at the recent tournament that we had, um, there was a... Uh, a guy from Australia who took a wallaby costume, also known as a kangaroo, uh, cut out the inside and put it around his waist. And that was all he wore. That's, awesome. um, That's brilliant. So for all of you that are getting creative ideas out there, uh, we called him wallaby. And it was basically a kangaroo around his waist. It actually had a usable pouch. Um, so he did store food <laughs> in the wallaby pouch. Uh, but again, imagine literally it's like like boxers around him of wallaby costume uh that was probably one of the most creative i've seen uh 
there was another, and that that's the other thing. Ultimate Frisbee tournaments are ridiculous for their costumes. There was another team um, that was like a, a fruit stand, and they all were dressed up in these massive fruit costumes, <laughs> and they brought, they physically brought a massive basket with them, and they all stood in the basket. There was a Magic School Bus team that had every character from Magic School Bus and an entire bus, and the bus actually got a D. They were playing. <laughs> oh, really? They were playing inside of the bus for a point, and they like jumped and hit the disc down with the Magic School Bus, and of course, play stopped for ridiculousness. But the Wallaby was a is an honorable mention, definitely. The Magic School Bus was great. I was at the same uh, Sunbreak tournament uh, two years ago, and there was uh, two individuals who together had were a giant um, ATAT from Star oh, Wars, awesome. and so they of course are attached together and trying to you know play effective ultimate together <laughs> and then at one point i believe the front of the atat just like broke off and ran off and tried to catch <laughs> that's uh, a, oh yeah. that's amazing i what really upsets me right now is i can just see younger people listening to this podcast being like what's the magic school bus <laughs> just like having no idea what it is um oh, no. so before i pass it off to you melissa i just wanted to honestly thank you guys for introducing me to this game um I, hopefully one day i'm able to get out and throw a disc with you guys um I really loved hearing all you guys have to say about this. Uh, I think it's it's a brilliant sport and how it uh, incorporates inclusion just at the bare bones of, of the game itself. I, I think it's uh, it's truly the beautiful game. Uh, <laughs> so thank you guys for introducing me uh, to this this wonderful, wonderful thing. And I'm going to pass it off to you for your final app, Melissa. Sure, yeah. I, um, I'm just <clears throat> reflecting on your description of Spirit of the Game, Derek. I thought mm. that was beautiful. And it's just... Uh, kind of renewed my optimism. I think it's really easy to get focused on where we have to move forward. And, um, you know, being a female matching player in a mixed sport is not always easy. Uh, And I occasionally um, play with some uh, male matching players who are not the most inclusive and we're still working on it and we've still got ways to go. And I think in working on that um, and being aware of the other issues that we've mentioned in terms of race and socio economic status I can get really bogged down in improving because of that higher standard and it's it's really nice to reflect on how different we are and how unique we are and and yeah just being able to uh you know play in serious uh competitive tournaments and then the next weekend you go and play in a silly costume tournament and it is (laughs) that uh the ability to do both in this sport is just my favorite thing about it final lap final lap oi um for me, Rain City Ultimate Club has been a fantastic opportunity in a multitude of levels. Um, taking the role as one of the co-founders, as a co-chair, seeing the behind-the-scenes work, uh, and the dedication that so many different people put to the organization has really been uh, inspirational to me. Um, but the thing that really makes me happy about the sport and about Rain City Ultimate Club in general, um, it's the people that come to all of our different games, our practices, the tournaments, and afterwards, the the praise that they have and just even the, the thank you for for allowing me to come to something like this. Thank you for making something that allows me to be me and the most genuine me while having fun and being active, uh, you know, using my body in a way that I'm not used to in these crazy throws that you have. Um, and it's that it's that moment that you know you're going doing a good job when someone feels comfortable to be themselves and they can't wait to be themselves the next week when they're playing another team, another team and, and playing another game. So it's really about giving the community something that it really needs. Um, and I really do think that the, the Vancouver community, the world as a community, the athletic community, the sporting community, we do really need more spirit of the game. We need more of that 
camaraderie, that respect, and that, that love for the other team um, that is so in line with the LGBTQ plus alphabet soup uh, kind of philosophy. So if somebody wanted to learn more about Rain City Ultimate Club, uh, what events do you guys have coming up and where can we find you guys online? Sure. So we have uh, two major events that are coming up. Uh, the RCUC, so the Rain City Ultimate Club and the Vancouver Ultimate League, uh, we're actually pairing together for a beach day, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's July 28th at Spanish Banks, uh, and you can check out the VUL website or uh, RCUC's website uh, for more information on that. Uh, we also have our Pride Tournament coming up. Every Pride, um, at least for the past year, so I guess this is technically our second Pride, uh, so not quite every Pride, but uh, we have a tournament that happens here uh, on August 4th. It's an all-day hat tournament. Um, all people from all skill levels uh, are welcome. Uh, it's a fun time to play Ultimate um, uh, over Pride weekend. You get to meet people from uh, all over, uh, I can now say, the West Coast. We actually were an international tournament last year. We had someone come in from uh, Taiwan, uh, which was awesome. Uh, so definitely check out the Pride tournament on August 4th. Uh, if you're looking for us elsewhere, uh, our website is raincityultimateclub.ca. Uh, Facebook is Rain City Ultimate Club. We're on Twitter and Instagram as well. Um, and yeah, you can find us kind of on all, on all the social media platforms. Awesome. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We're ex super excited to have you. You were, you were very, very high, on, like top of our list to get you <laughs> on the show for a really long time. So I'm so glad all of our schedules were able to make this happen. Uh, Melissa, any, any final things before we sign out here? Uh, thanks so much, Derek. I love talking to other Ultimate people, and I'm sure I'll see you on the field at some point. See you there. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, guys. So I'm with Derek and Melissa. My name is Kyle Boyle, and I am signing out, reminding everyone to elevate their heart rates. Take care. If you like this podcast and want to listen to past or future episodes, you can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud under the heading The Fifth Sign. We will be posting a link on our website at eimc.sites.olt.ubc.ca and you can also find us on Facebook at eimcubc and Twitter with the handle eimc underscore ubc. If you are interested in joining the movement and coming onto the show, you can follow me and send me a personal message on Twitter at hellokbo, that's H-E-L-L-O-K-B-O.